0: Good morning, everybody, Uneducated Economist here. I want to share with you guys in this video today a recession indicator unlike anything that I had ever seen. It is amazing on how accurate this particular indicator has been. Now, apparently the model was put together back in 2019, and when they have used this model comparatively to all the previous recessions, it has been incredibly accurate, very accurate. Now, before I talk about this particular indicator, I wanna talk about some of the things that are occurring within the economy today because a lot of people, when the Federal Reserve went into their monetary printing, their monetary policy of quantitative easing where they print up a bunch of money, this quantitative easing and the perception that people had over it is that money printer Gober prices go up. Now, I know a lot of people get annoyed when I say that, but I, I heard it so many times that people had told me that what is it that you don't understand about how it is that the Federal Reserve increases the money supply, that the prices go up. But yet, right now, we have deflationary scenarios, disinflation scenarios. We have a situation in which the Federal Reserve is tightening up the monetary supply, but not so significantly that it should create the deflationary scenario that we are going to experience here real soon if we're not already experiencing it in some of the items that you are looking at. Again, I'm going to leave links down in the description for all this stuff. Now, I personally have been working within the lumber industry for years, decades, like since I was 18 years old. I'm 47 now, so 30 years I've been in this industry. And when I saw the lumber prices moving up, I knew exactly what was taking place, that it was a supply chain breakdown. I did hundreds of videos talking about it. All throughout 2019, there was mill curtailments, mill shutdowns, inventory depletions, there was... I was doing reports on it just about every other day, if not every single week, talking about some of the tragic events that were taking place up in the British Columbia area due to the mill shutdowns that were happening up there and generations worth of families having to leave. I knew it was an inventory depletion that was happening. And then when all of a sudden... We had these stimulus checks and everybody ran down there to the lumber yard so they could build fences and decks and remodel their houses and stuff. They zapped the inventory that was left. Prices went through the roof. Now, knowing exactly how well established this particular supply chain is, how it's not reliant on anything outside of the United States, but we are our own domestic supplier of everything that we need in order to fulfill the demand for lumber, and it almost instantly came back. I mean, you look at lumber nowadays, it's at 500 per thousand. We have to remember, too, this 500 per thousand is at an average price over probably the last 10 years. You take it back, this was a price that we saw back in 2018. So, 500 per thousand is not that much. And guess what? It includes rail costs going from the Pacific Northwest out to Chicago. It used to be a contract for a distribution hub up in the British Columbia area but now it includes a rail cost going out to Chicago and these contracts are a quarter of the size and yet we still see even with this added rail cost that the price of the lumber is at 500 per thousand what we were paying for back in 2018 right all the inflation all the money printing all that other stuff does not exist in lumber why because it had more to do with the supply chain breakdown better than 50% of the prices that you had seen were due to the fact that you couldn't get it through the supply, through the, through the distribution networks. It was stuck in ships out there off the coast of L.A., right? Remember, hundreds of freighters out there. Okay. Listen to this quote coming out of the Wall Street Journal article. I know not everybody has access to the Wall Street Journal. This was given by an Alan D, D, uh, Detmeister, a UBS economist. Now, if you think of supply problems as pushing the price, pushing up the price, the healing of the supply problems should be pushing down the prices back to whatever equilibrium, just like lumber. Right? See, there was very little doubt in my mind that we would start seeing a deflationary scenario right, or a disinflationary scenario. That the real problem coming from the Federal Reserve was the fact that they had an inflation expectation that was anchored persistently too low rather than too high. These were the things that were that were occurring prior to the pandemic. And now everybody thinks that this pandemic came out of nowhere, right And a lot of people think it was planned, regardless of what it is that you think, right? The Federal Reserve was able to save their monetary policy with the use of the pandemic. The unusual and exigent circumstances gave them all the resources that they need in order to reestablish their Fed funds rate at a higher interest rate so that they could get their ammo back. This was something that I have documented over and over and over again. Very few people talk about it, right? But this is what, I mean, Is it come out in their speeches. They talk about it. You know, even today, when you look through a lot of the... They're go- like A lot of the articles that you read out there talking about how they're going to drop interest rates in the future, like in 2024, there's going to be six rate cuts and all kinds of stuff that they're talking out there because the Federal Reserve is going to achieve their 2% inflation target. Guess what? They don't go for a 2% inflation target. They go for a 2% average inflation rate over time, and nobody knows exactly how they conduct that or how they figure that out. So if this is the situation in which that they go for a 2% average inflation rate over time, but not a 2% target like they used to, once they achieve that 2% target, which they haven't got there yet, right? and there's a difference between disinflation and deflation, disinflation is when prices are going up but at a slower pace. Deflation is when they actually come down. So when inflation is actually at a 2% target and that maintains that 2% target, they're going to have to incorporate average inflation rate, whichever the inflation rate was for the last few years or 10 years or whoever or however they figure out what average inflation rate is since we don't really know. But we do know that they are not going to adjust their interest rates, their Fed funds rate once the inflation rate hits their target. That's not their goal. Their goal is average over time. Very important to understand. So now as we move into the future and we think about recession, right? We Recess, re- <laughs> the recession because everybody is like almost convinced that it's not a matter of if but when this recession actually kicks in and whether or not it'll be a soft recession, soft landing or whatever. Who knows? Right. This is the point about it. The Federal Reserve generally will not drop interest rates unless there is bad economic times taking place, right? The economy has to be doing something that is slowing down, causing problems, whatever it is, it's not good. Right. And that's that's the thing to to remember, whether it's because of pandemic, whether it's because of financial crisis, whether it's because of, you know, war or whatever that's happening. If they are lowering interest rates, it's generally not a good thing that is taking place. Okay, so this is something to remember because a lot of people are like, oh, man, the relief is going to be coming in 2024 as they lower. No, there's no relief coming. That is bad economic times coming. If the Federal Reserve is lowering interest rates, we have to remember that right so it's not good when that when that takes place right it's bad but a lot of people will think oh good the relief i'll be able to buy a house or whatever but that's that's not the economy is going to be in bad shape when that happens okay let's talk about this recession indicator since i led you on this long this recession indicator it's it and i don't know if i'm saying this right Sam or sam right the sam rule now this is really interesting claudia sam uh, an economist from the federal reserve came up with this particular indicator and i've I tell you, I went and I'll leave a link down in the description for it. If you go back and you look at the model, because it was in 2019 that that she came up with this with this particular model. But if you go and you look at the chart that I leave down in the description to the Federal Reserve's um, website themselves, that shows the uh, the sum rule, average inflation or average number or whatever as far as this indicator, and I'll explain it here in just a minute. If you go back and look at this, I know I'm not explaining it very well, but if you go back and you look at the previous recessions that we have had in this particular rule, you're going to see that any time that the um, unemployment rises to a particular indicator, it almost always shows that there is going to be a recession. Now, what is this particular indicator? Here, I'm going to to read it to you, and then we're going to kind of talk about it a little bit. It's the three-month average of unemployment, or I'm sorry, it's when the three-month average unemployment rises a half a percentage point or more relative to the minimum of the three-month average from the previous 12 months. Now, I know this is kind of difficult to wrap your head around when you first hear it, but it's kind of actually easy to understand. Over the previous 12 months, whatever the minimum unemployment average for three months was, right? So, you know, you take like it got down to a minimum, like I'm just going to make up a number. It got down to a minimum of 2%, right? And then for the average at that low ended up being say like two and a quarter because maybe it, you know, went up to 3% at one point or whatever. But the average at the minimum low for the previous 12 months was say 2%, right? Or two and a half percent. We'll just say two and a half because you got an average going on there for the three months. Now in that 12 month period, if the unemployment, Right. Rises a half a percentage point above that three month minimum, so a three month average high of a half a percentage point above the three month minimum in that previous 12 months. Right? So, again, like you take the average minimum and the average maximum unemployment for the previous 12 months, and if that spread in between is a half a percentage point, it almost always, always indicates a recession. Now, when I went back and looked at the chart, there was a couple of times, like I believe there was one in like the mid 80s and the mid 70s. And I think again, in like the mid 60s or something, where this particular indicator got very close to that half a percentage point, but didn't quite kick the recession in. But every single recession that you look at this indicator had reached that half a percentage point and then you know went through the roof. So very, very good indicator. And go and take a look at this thing. Like, I mean, just go and zoom in on the different decades going back and showing the recessions. And you can see like even if this particular indicator gets to like, say, a third of a percentage point or, you know, like four tenths of a percentage point. Right. It's not quite getting to that half. It's generally already in the recession at this point. Right. But once it's hit that half a percentage point, it is, yes, that you are in the recession. So at this point, this particular indicator is at like 0.33, if I remember right. and And it's on its way up. So it could be the recession indicator that is most accurate indicator ahead of just about anything else out there. And this one was new to me. I only found this this morning and it just blows me away how I can find these things like, you know, all of a sudden, like, how is it that I didn't know about this one before? And I went and Googled this this S-A-H-M and no, it doesn't stand for stay at home mom, right? Because I know a lot of people are going to be making fun of that. But it's an actual name. And when I type that in, S-A-H-M rule, and I type, you know, put that into Google, there's a few articles out there talking about it, but not a lot. Like, not a lot of people are looking at this one particular indicator as, you know, a recession, like pre-recession, or yes, we are in the recession indication, right? It's pretty cool. All right. Uneducated economists, you guys let me know.